Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello and welcome to Hear Me, See Me podcast. I'm Stuart Roberts and today I'm talking to someone I met a couple of years ago and... um, but I was really impressed with the respectful way he dealt with the project that we run. Um, and it was on behalf of the National Lottery, and he directed the TV advert. And I'm speaking to Nick Davis. How are you, sir? I'm very good, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm really good, surprisingly enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go straight into it, because... Uh, I'm going to first say that I was so impressed because we've had we've had a bit of stuff before um, the lottery came along with that TV advert that was filmed, and we've had some bits and pieces from you know news stations and things. Um, and it's a very difficult thing um, to film without um, imposing too much on the on the subject matter, being respectful to the subject matter because we are dealing with homeless people, and it's very you know. It's very delicate, and you just rose to the challenge incredibly well. Um, and I've seen some of the other things you've done, uh, so you've got a real feeling for this. But where did it all start? Where did you first get into filming and being director? Oh my! Um, well, mate, thanks so much. It's really I, that makes me so happy that you say that because um, yeah. that was a massive concern at the time yeah. um, as to the approach. But I'll, maybe we'll chat. I'll, I'll answer that again in a minute. Um, I think I started, um, I, did, I wasn't one of those people that got into it going, you know, at like 10, where I was like, oh, I want to make films. I want to yeah. do this. It didn't really come to me like that. I kind of, um, I think the thing that once I started, my friends worked in TV and he'd get me like odd jobs in the, in the summers. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I do like running work. I'd go and like drive a van and drop off loads of like old kit or something mm-hmm. to people's houses or crew's houses. And I just got into it. And then I realized that one of the things I really loved about it was if you could get to the position where you were the maker, I guess even, you know, directing or writing, which I'm not very good at, but you could get to a sort of making position. You, you could kind of, it can kind of be a bit about yourself as well. Like you can bring a lot of yourself to the table. And I really loved that. Once I started getting the sort of rules and understanding of it, um, I felt that it was something that I had, you know, I had stories in me or, you know, I had, you know, I really loved people <laughs> yeah as it sounds like and i like people's stories and that became sort of documentary became the sort of thing but it, really the way i did it was i got a load of work in for music 
channels, so like MTV or um, Channel 4 particularly, um, which meant you met a lot of people that, you know, new artists. So I started, and they always need stuff made, making. So that was the way in. They were like, well, would you make something for, I can't think of a, a band that did early on, but like someone like um, Elbow or something like that, or we, we got a little a gig doing. And uh, and we'd make little packages, me and a mate, and then we'd just start making stuff, and then you get signed, and one thing leads to another, and suddenly, 10, 15 years, you're, you're here. Do you know what I mean? There was never like yeah. a massive plan. I think it's just doing the best. Each one's a means to an end, and you bring as much of yourself to it. it seems to have been the way for me. But it, it was an organic journey, if that's the right word. It wasn't like a, yeah. an ultimate in a mega ambition. I'm so pleased to do it. Like Sometimes I forget that that's what, you know, I'm really, really lucky. <laughs> it does um, come across, you know, when you work with you. You do, you know, you get that, you've got that real sort of like passion and, you know, love for what you're doing. And it's it's quite infectious. It always is with anyone who, who loves what they do, I think. Oh, mate, that's great. Yeah, well, I mean, with our, with our I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, does, as like I said, means the world to me. I think the thing with, with your world as well, right, when a director gets attached to something like we did, is you, you know, it, you're given all these concerns up front. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, because, you know, National Lottery don't want to be seen to take advantage of you and they don't want to take advantage of you. Do you know what I mean? They want, they want to put their best foot forward, but they're also, it's a commercial, so they're sort of showing what they do as well. Like, you know, yeah. um, the agency or ad agency want a certain thing to come across because they've, they've got an angle on what makes it an interesting thing for people to see. So you have all this stuff and then they end up going, and obviously it's, you know, it's, it's we're dealing with homeless people. Like, how do you do that? You know, so the first things were like, you know, you you can't do a proper casting. Do you know what I mean? You can't go no. casting the streets going, Is, you know, I've got my 10 best homeless people here who are living <laughs> yeah. on the street. Um, yeah. What do you think? And actually, that's shit scary for them because yeah. they have to put the faith in the maker. They're like, well, yeah. so what are you going to do? And then you write your approach to it. And I remember saying, well, I would go, I would just go and meet you. And, and if you let me come, we don't take a camera and we we hang out, I'll come to the sessions, like your brilliant sessions yeah. you do. Um, and I just think that's simple. I mean, it's, it's pretty common sense, but I think that endeared what I wanted to do to, to them and then and then introduced me to you. And then obviously everyone wants me and you to get on in that scenario because you're yeah. doing this thing and you're, you're their star. I mean, you're their, yeah. you're, their, 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 you're their talent. So they want you to like, come and say, so we have to get on. Now, I remember that day went to, I went to, to Croydon, didn't I? I yeah, down to Croydon, yeah. And um, and that's a story I tell all the time because actually by doing that I had an insight into what you do. But me and you had a relationship that meant that everyone trusted me to make the film. Yeah. Um, and meant any time anyone questioned something, I'd go, "Well, actually, we can't do that because this is how it actually works." And that gave me, you know, a sense of control and people a sense of trust in what we were doing. Um, so in a way, I, I, I I'm that's why it's so important that we got on because like you know I, I remember being really scared about the filming do you know what I mean it was really nerve wracking because yeah. you don't know who's going to come through the door and you told me some you know funny stories and you know really sad stories and like you know you, you don't really know what's coming in and you just have to kind of you know wait and you're in your shoes aren't you and yeah. likewise I thought you and your team were incredible especially that Ipswich day you know yeah. where it's a little bit it, it, you know that was really um really came across how much everyone cared about doing it and the fact that you did it. But so much of yourself is in it. That's why I guess you're doing this podcast and other stuff, isn't yeah. it? Like you, you get a lot out of it. And I think if you get people in line with you, like I felt like I got a lot out of it selfishly as well. Like obviously I wish I could help more <laughs> than what yeah. I can do, but just do my bit um, for, for you or whatever, you know? 
Yeah, well, I, I think that's the thing. And, and, you know, when it comes to something like that, I think you doing that, that preparation of getting to know us um, was crucial. And it, because it is, it's a delicate situation, because, as you've pointed out, we don't know each single session, we never know what's going to come through the door. And it can be a really sort of mild uneventful session or it can be pretty there could be a lot of fireworks yeah. <laughs> so we never quite know so there's always a little bit on edge you know um, well you know I'm doing this um, film at the moment with an American uh, artist who lived rough across America when he was 17 he went um, he went to he's from Texas went to the, the San Francisco with a band he was playing the band and he just yeah, fucked off across America and eventually got hooked on heroin Ended up in Baltimore. It's an amazing story, and I won't, I won't say who it is until you see the film. Uh, I think some NDA's out of it. In trouble now. Yeah. But he said this line about being homeless, which I thought about you when I was with him earlier this year in America, where he said, you don't understand that you spend two or three weeks, not even that much time, away from, cut off from everything you know. From your, like, it's not like holiday, you know, you, you're, you're cut off from like your people, you're not speaking to your family or your friends or whatever. He was like, you turn into something you don't understand really fast. Like, he said, it happens really fast. Like, you, 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 you suddenly lose your, I, I can't remember what the phrase is, but like, you lose your horizon and like, not, you know, your behavioral changes are quicker than anyone understands. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I did this thing, you know, a couple of years ago. And it was sort of similar. And I think that's the thing is that I think that's the thing I've really taken out of it is actually it, that you used to say that thing to me, like it's not all like, it's not all drug abuse and, um, and, uh, it's, it, and you know, the classic, you know, sort of homelessness that people, you know, sort of very tragic, you know, and, and, and extreme homelessness that you sometimes people associate with it. It's a bit more subtle than that, isn't it? Like, you know, the danger to women on the street, the fact that some people work, hold down jobs, but live on the street, but that kind of stuff is, it's obviously much more gray area. Um, but I thought the general thing that I kept thinking that relates to you guys is, is actually, it's just people's behavior. It's, it, it cannot be levied in the same way that ours can at home with our family or, at, you know, in, in some secure environment like that insecurity just, means I don't think you, you, you don't the, you know you, you, uh, it leads to some sort of unexpected or unstable you know experience you know and I think that's the thing where I'm stable. I think that's the thing I've I've really tried to learn about it is it, it, is that the complexity isn't it I, I think yeah um, uh, and that's why I guess you don't know what's coming to the door because it could be something very minor it's not necessarily someone just comes in like shooting and shouting it's, it right. can just escalate very quick on you. And I think we had a couple of those, didn't we, on that day? And yeah. you handled it very, very well. I mean, people, I'm very lucky to have seen you work without working for you or being, you know, on, you know, a, you know, someone taking part in your sessions. And actually, I think that you obviously have to have a bit of, you've got, you've got a respect for whatever reason, you, you know, and I'm, I'm, there are good reasons. You, you obviously have something about you that means that they, mm. they respect your being there. Um, and therefore, maybe you can control those moments in ways that maybe people don't see, that other people would be scared, you know, more frightened of. You know, you see yeah. a good insight for that. Well, I think it, it, a lot of it is, is uh, firstly, it's experience, because the longer you do it, the more used to it you get. Um, but secondly, it's that sort of empathy. And yeah. maybe, in, you know, like 14 years sober, ex, you know, Ex-alcoholic. Well, no, I'm still an alcoholic. I just don't drink. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, an alcoholic. Um, you know, I've been been 
very uh, dependent on on drugs and those and stuff. So I, I've got a real, and it takes one to know one. And I think you pretty quickly latch on to something that you've you've got that connection, um, and then that's where the trust comes. Yeah, because it's sort of you know it's it, when you like someone. There's that thing of it's an interesting thing because when you like someone, it's normally because I like you because you're you're like me. It's that thing of you know, and and, and that's that's generally what you get. And I I really bond a lot with the guys, you know. And if yeah. I've, I've missed them, you know, this three months, now I, and I've said it many times. Like, some of these guys, I've known them now for five years, and I see them every month. Yeah. Now I've got members of my extended family. I don't. I only see them at weddings or funerals. Yes, thank God. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them probably say that about me. All, but <laughs> that's the thing. You know, like it, it's surprising, but it's definitely that connection. You uh, probably, you probably uh, make a good for it. I think you, that's what would probably make you quite a good. You know, in in my seat, it's a similar thing. Like you know, if you. If, if you're a particularly documentary or real life, and same if you're working with actors, actually, you have to have some reality of experience mm. to to be able to commute that. Whether that's experience of understanding the script you're doing, like you know, you get the characters, or you use of this, or you know, in person, like that's why I love docs. Is obviously you know the the, the subject changes the, the nature of the story. Obviously, like you know, this is about homelessness, and uh, you know, I've I've done films. I just did a film about. A, uh, a young trans man for Starbucks, which has been quite, yeah, had got a lot of people looking at it. But similar kind of process, you know. I went to um, some trans groups, um, uh, female to male, the trans groups, and and, and sat there and, and, and chatted them and tried to sort of become part of this and understand it, but also have to have like you have to have empathy because otherwise people won't talk to you and they won't let you yeah. tell a story about them, which is essentially it's, sim- it's a similar technique. And I always put it down to the fact that, um, but I had therapy as a young kid. I'm not ashamed to say, like you know, but in the mid '90s, it was quite a. It was it. Was, I was the only one at school. Do you know what I mean? That had that. Like no one yeah. talked about mental health or anything like that. And and in a way, I know I, I had to go to a um, to a a, uh, a youth or juvenile psychiatric hospital for these sessions. But I was the only outpatient, so I would go in, sit in reception. With kids, you know, sort of, you know, without sounding too dramatic, sort of roaming the, the hospital, who were in a state that I was nowhere near, but my issues maybe were more subtle, you know, um, yeah. more like, you know, everyday issues that are subtle and creep up on people. Um, but that experience, I think, as a young person, of, of people, like a therapist talking to you um, in the way they talk to you, where they ask you a question, you say something, you go in there thinking, oh, I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell them about how upset I am about school this week or something yeah. someone's upset me and therapists never do that do they They go like so what have you done this week and you say something and then they ask you a question about what you just said and they sort of keep going and eventually yeah. that sort of Russian doll effect gets somewhere with you and you end up sort of getting out don't you and I, and I think yeah. that that's I learned that quite young and I think that you know in my job I've used me that bit of me I think to, to help me communicate with whatever a real person or an actor or whatever and I think you probably do the same like, I think that's what I we like I like about our chats is that you give a bit of yourself and people give it back don't they I think that's yeah. you just have to, it just takes yeah. a bit of confidence sometimes and, and some people don't find it easy some people do and for whatever reason I found it quite easy to be open 
because I think if you're open, people open with you, which I guess is what yeah. you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, you kind of, that's it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's being generous, and that you you sort of if you're going to be generous with yourself, people are going to give back, and that's yeah. what that's what you're doing. You're freely giving a piece of yourself without being aware. I mean, you don't consciously think, oh, today, today I'm going to get a lot of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't wake up and think that in the morning, but uh, yeah. maybe we, maybe yeah. we should. Maybe we can be yeah. more, more planned about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm supposed to actually. It's part of recovery. <laughs> yeah. But you just, you know, it's the same old thing. It's, uh, uh, knowing it and doing it are always two different things. Yeah, but and it doesn't have to be exactly the same, does it? Like, no. you don't have to be like, I've had your problems. It just is no. more like, I've had issues in my life that I can, I feel something for you, isn't it? Like, you, that's yeah. the connection. It's not like, oh, you know, I've, you know, been, I'm an alcoholic, so I can only talk to alcoholics. So, I mean, it's something you yeah. learn in that process or yeah. that recovery that helps you. Um, Except for, yeah. you I've been different. I've not fit in. I've not fitted in, you know, like that, that, that's why you can go then and go to like a trans group and, because it's like, I can't, I can't relate in fact, because I'm not trans, but I can relate in fact that I've not fitted in, that yeah. I felt outside of it and I feel like an outsider looking in and, and, and that, I was, I'm glad you brought it because I really wanted to speak about that. That advert, that was yeah. great. That was a great advert, wasn't it? That, 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 did it get lost? The Starbucks lost? one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. Well, I mean, it's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, I, I really love the fact you say it. I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, it, it, you know, one of the big things, of course, is that, you know, I, as a, you know, a, a straight guy, um, with, you know, it, it, like pretty, you know, um, um, what do you call it? No, like, with, no, like, not maybe with the most obvious empathy. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. sort of entering into a make a film like that, and then you just you, you start to get into it. And, and the way I sort of treat it is that I obviously am aware of the issues around it, and and some of the pertinent and maybe issues is the wrong word and does it, but like I'm aware of, of, of the subject matter. But you sometimes have to go into those things and 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 be free, be open to be an idiot. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I, I yeah. didn't want to go in there pretending I was an expert yeah. because I felt like that was just going to be bullshit. <laughs> and I think, I think, I, you know, I read. I read a couple of books I was suggested to read by a friend of mine's nephew who was trans. And I spoke to them early. And, and, you know, you say this to, like, you know, again, it was with an agency. It's, you know, Starbucks, the big old brand. And, and yeah. I'll get to them in a, in a minute, I guess. But they, um, you know, I just thought, well, I'll just, if I research it and have some point of view and that isn't, you know, or not just my point of view, but an a, a sort of idea of the world and then be free to go and chat to people, whatever. I think that endeared me to the, the job again, you know, similarly to maybe your one. It's not always like that, but similar thing. And actually, I, I, I just found it a brilliant experience to go and just be prepared to be wrong and, and be prepared to have not my mind changed because I didn't have an opinion on it that, that felt like in any way controversial or tub something. I just kind of was like, tell me about the experience. And then we actually, the character in the film, it's a, obviously acted, unlike, but I said to someone the other day, I think that's the most real film I've ever made in a commercial. Do you know what I mean? Because even yeah. though it's not a documentary, it's based on so much of what people said to us and to me particularly. This is how it feels like to do this. It's not always angsty and angry. It's subtle. And it's like, every, it's like a thousand paper cuts. And like, I was like, you know, we can make a story about this and just have it, you know, have it feel real. And the other thing was, you know, a lot of the time, I think in in those kind of films, it, it can be a bit too urban. 
you know, a bit too metropolitan, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I, we had this thing, I was like, I want this to feel like it could happen in Bracknell. <laughs> yeah. Or it could happen in, like, you know, any anywhere yeah. outside of what you... Yeah, exactly. Anywhere you don't, you, you would think it's, like, it's suburban. And and, and I think people appreciate it. It was It's, it's, it's a very real thing. And, and you hear, you sit and hear um, those young men talk about it, and you, you can't help be moved. Like, it's it's... It's you know it, it's really moving and and I found the best thing was I just got my ass out of the way I was like I don't, I just need to be the the sort of the gateway or whatever the portal that gets the story out with all the responsibilities to Starbucks and the brand and what they wanted to you know what they obviously had a reason for doing it um, and you speak to that you go look obviously this is a commercial it obviously makes a, a brand look good but I think fundamentally if you can then make people feel comfortable with that and know that at least it's better than nothing. And that was the reaction after that. It was like, well, actually, this is amazing. You know, the, the majority of people like for Starbucks to do this. That's incredible. Is it the most perfect in the world? No, because, you know, Starbucks have got, you know, you know, are not the most perfect company in the world. Um, and there's some people that definitely feel that, you know, using a, a concern like that for a commercial purpose is a negative thing, but there's a huge amount of people see it a positive thing, and and that's in a way my job. I have to kind of focus on that. And um, yeah, yeah, it's been the most important thing is predominantly the the trans community uh, seem to react really well to it, and that is just the biggest honour for me yeah. because you go like what well, we do, it, it? yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I, it was you know it, like I said, and then the young actor um, Nasa. Um, was just brilliant. Like, you know, took it on and, yeah. and just, you know, if it takes, I, I, I mentioned this the other day, so it took a lot of guts to do that. And, yeah. and I'm, you know, you, without it, you, you wouldn't, you know, it's not, at the end of the day, it's not me on camera. Do you know what I mean? Like, you do yeah. feel that. It's, like, it's not me. You know, you can hide, whereas that's, you know, maybe something that just takes it, it's really brave. And yeah, it's been a good experience. And I don't know why, you know, those sort of, it's something that has that kind of, you have to be sensitive to get those stories as right as you can and I think your hope of sensitive enough the same with your you know the haircuts for homeless for um, the National Lottery I, I guess that you you can definitely I think sometimes like, I sort of see it a little bit like this might sound ridiculous and, and I see it a little bit like you know you notice they've had that saying in football where they go you don't notice when a referee is having a good game but you really notice when they're having a bad one <laughs> and I think I think that's how those jo- that those kind of projects are like you can yeah. I don't think they're necessarily the most showy like oh my god that's incredible from those filmmakers but you definitely would know about it if they were shit do you know what I mean yeah. you'd be like that is awful and I think that's the thing that always drives me it's like this can't be you know, wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's got to be as right as it can in terms of its representation. And I hope they both of those are as close as I could get them. You know, I think they really are. But I have had experience of it when it has gone really badly wrong. And um, well, you told me that story about them giving about the, about that was one of the first things you told me about. I'm not going to say who it was, but it was a no, television production that um, the, yeah. that that faced the scene, didn't they? Yeah, with your with some of your your guys. Yeah, yeah, and it just it's so wrong. Um, and then you sort of the problem is you're sort of at that point you're you're a part of something that you've got to see through. But you, you're very wary after that, you know. Um, it, it's interesting what you said. Going back to the uh, the ad, the Starbucks ad, but it's it's maybe it really. So the first time I saw it, I'm not. I've seen it much. I think I've seen it only three or four times. But the first time I saw it, it really, it really connected for me. And I, I realised why that um, I've got I've got five children, and 
first part of their life educating your children to when they become an adult and I think that's when they start to educate you um, and one of my daughters is, is just finishing university and um, she's sort of gone off to university with uh, a certain ideal and she's come back very very strongly educated about, about life and she's had different upbringing to me because my upbringing was different to hers uh, and I because I was brought up in um, you know 1970s Britain because I was born in 62. So, so it's, it's, her, t- her, her references are totally different. Yeah. And I make mistakes. You know, I, I make many mistakes. And she's very quick to point that to me. <laughs> <laughs> but she's taught me a lot about that type of thing to the point where that's when I realized how much she's educated me because of how much I enjoyed that. It was oh, a moment right. where, you don't, I mean, I know it's a long way of saying it, but... That's the point when I, I realised that she she taught me a lot, you know, because otherwise I would have noticed that advert. That would have just been on and I wouldn't really took a lot of notice, wouldn't have even seen it. So I think that's the interesting thing when, because otherwise you go through life and you just, it's like a, on repeat, isn't it, that you've become your father. But I'm glad yeah. that my children haven't become me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope for my kids a little bit. But yeah, yeah. I am... I, I, um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it, it's funny. It, it's well, it's not funny, but it, 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 the interesting thing is, is that even five, three, four years ago, I don't think it, anyone's putting out on TV. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. it's not even that long. I think it takes. You know, I think we've gone through quite a big, and it's not there yet enough. Like you've seen it a lot. Obviously, a huge amount recently with these Black Lives Matter, yeah, um, protests, and and rightly so. Like you know, the, the, you know representation. Uh, in, quality at work, all those things. There is a long way to go, and and I, I and that's the thing. You know, I find myself that's the thing I sort of educate my parents on, and I'm you know, you know, being educated then by my you know, like I, I totally get it. The younger generation that are pushing that even more so, and, and rightly so. But I do think that it has there has been such seismic changes in the last ten years, so twenty years, thirty years. I mean, you just it's really, really changing, and I, I, and, I, and it can only be a good thing. And actually, fear of it is what leads you to do that repeat, isn't it? Like you're saying, like you can't be, you have to kind of be open and understanding and, and let people start to hopefully change. But like I was saying the other day, it's a bit, it's like, um, my dad still gets in the car and doesn't put a seatbelt on. <laughs> I mean, even, even if, even if the noise is going on, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He, he's still, and you're like, you're like, dad, it's the beeping. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's still, but he has the thing. And I actually, I, I think, he, obviously you need, you know, I, I was doing this thing recently for the BBC, with a, um, a black and minority ethnic orchestra, and it was it, it was it was it was related to culture and quarantine, not not necessarily um, sorry um, uh, not necessarily the um, uh, not necessarily like to do with Black Lives Matter protests, but it, but I was filming during the period of. Um, those protests happening so it changed what it felt like to go to the houses and talk to them about yeah. what was going on so, I mean I didn't have those conversations to, to have at that stage so it was like and, and I just kept saying you know some of them are a bit older and I, I just said you know compared to some of the times these things have risen up before what do you feel like this is like like you know I, I really want you know and they were like oh no this feels like so different like big watershed it feels like and maybe that's because of social media being able to spread news faster and wider and and not being so responsible as whatever, but 
it does. And, and the thing I kept getting was like, you know, maybe, maybe we are, maybe this is changing the time. You know, big history things happen at the moment. A lot of negatives, but huge positives as well, like to come out of it. And I, I do feel like we're in that at the moment. And, and in a way, for me, in my experience, this, you know, making a film, you know, with the, it's a, a trans community, uh, based film is, is, it was a real eye opener for that again, you know? And so, you know, I hope to do more because they're, they're just, they're so interesting. But like you said, they come with a bit of fear sometimes because you, yeah, you don't want to be, you don't want to create a poor representation, you know, or an unfair or whatever it is. They're the things that make me worried <laughs> the most. Yeah. Well, well, what shocked me was, you know, going, being, being part of that, um, the work, the, 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 the volume of work that goes into a 60 second advert. Like, <laughs> I was blown away. I've, I've said to me, but like, you would not believe how much work goes into these things. You know, that, that, you know, we had two full days of filming. Like, we, we, we poor, the poor fella at the Romford Salvation Army. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like rabbit in headlights, because my experience before had been just a few people with cameras, and, you know, and uh, when when the, the lighting truck turned up, and then, and then the catering <laughs> truck turned up, and then the full... And it just looks normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was about an hour of me staring pensively out the, off the top of Romford car park that didn't go in it, but, you know... No, no, no. <laughs> well, you've got to cover the bases. Um, I remember thinking, um, I think a lot of that was probably because people... As a production or as a, as a, as a project, when you're doing stuff blind, like we were doing it, no rehearsal, no casting, no anything. Do you know what I mean? Like we've just been to the venues. I'd spend time with you. Yeah. I think what happens to make people feel, you know, in terms of like the, the lottery, not to, to worry about their end product or whatever, you, you have to kind of maybe overcompensate in some ways yeah. because you're sort of like, okay, we need to be prepared in case that, you know, it's a way of kind of making everyone feel all right. Um, yeah. Rather than going, you know, me and you know, camera and a few others are going to go down, and we'll, you'll get what you get. Do you know what I mean? Because that feels, and rightly so, these things they cost money and time and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's, that, you know, in a, in a way, there's elements of that that I, I look back and you go, yeah, they're unnecessary, but they're kind of necessary to make to sort of everyone at ease on our mm. side. You know, not that you know, and also like. The big thing as well was about having a that, but not affecting the, the guys and girls coming in. Well, to that's get the what done so and well. That was, the, that was the worry, and that was the thing yeah. that was, was a big, you know, and, and production-wise, you know, um, my crew, like John, who produced for me, um, is, you know, is very, really, you know, fundamentally a really nice bloke and understood that, and I think that's, yeah, that's what I mean, you need. And Jonas, who shot it, again, yeah, super. I mean, you had all those big, you know, like it was all well concealed, you know, like there was just, you know, from us, from a working point of view, we pretty much didn't see all of that stuff because it was, there was the black um, sheets were all up and you just, it, it felt almost like a normal session, which is really hard to do with all that going on. Oh, that's good. The big, yeah. the, one of the big breakthroughs we had with Jonas, the, who is the cinematographer, sort of hands-on cameraman, is we were talking, when we were talking about how to, how to not affect, and this is a sort of documentary thing, I don't know whether I've ever talked to you about this, but we were talking about what's the effect on someone when you're filming them. If you're feeling slightly vulnerable and you've suddenly got people, you know, film crews turn up, everyone's dressed in black, North Face, 
They've got shorts on in all weather, loads of tools. You know, they, they, you know, they're, they're doing their noisy. They, you know, a lot of the crew do their job and that's their job, you know, every day. So they're really quick at it. And they, you know, they maybe haven't got time to be as sensitive as some of us, you know, front facing people get to do. Um, but the big thing we discovered was actually if you put the camera on, uh, if you hold a camera over your shoulder and stand next to someone, it's quite intimidating. You know, you're, or you stand near them, you start going, oh, that guy's holding, or, or girl's holding that big piece of equipment. So we were like, well, we need to be able to move around, but we don't want to be handheld. So it's like a big unit, like moving, holding something. So we had this idea of putting on a tripod, which isn't rocket science, but the good idea was putting on a tripod at sort of head height for having your hair cut, so seated head height, but on wheels. So not on a, on a track or whatever. It was just on like the kind of trolley wheels. So we could just move it around, frame it up and walk away. That was the big sort of thing that we tried to do to stop people feeling like, oh, here come the crew, you know, roving news team in your face. What we sort of did was the Jonas would, I'd stay out of the way and Jonas would sort of walk over to you, sort of place the camera and, you know, quickly frame something beautiful, hopefully. And so you'd, and, and then just sort of he'd stand away and not look like he was operating all the time and not sort of create that, in, in, it's like there can be intimidating atmosphere. Um, and I think that was really, that was, you know, not my idea, that was Jonas' idea, but that was, it seemed to really work because it, it meant that you, it actually you ended up with just a load of portraits of people, which I think yeah. is how it's kind of built. They're just like little photographic frames of people. It's really simple. And I think those things you can really overcomplicate. And actually what I liked about where we ended up eventually, it was just, it was just pretty simple. It was just you talking about what you're doing. It's kind of portraits of people that weren't, you know, I think the big thing is that you can, you, you worry that you're going to get, um, you can exploit people. And I think keeping there's a sort of um, integrity, I think, in the way they look and react, I think. I mm. think that's one of the things I like about it. I don't think we've, we've pushed anyone into being uncomfortable. And if anyone did, I think I, I remember we just turned off and walked away or made, yeah. you know, made our piece, you spoke to you or whatever. I, I don't remember it ever being a problem, but it was certainly no. sensitive to it. You know? No, and some people are really keen to be seen and heard because they feel like they're not anyway. I mean, that was a big part as well that, you know, this is their chance to be seen and heard when a lot of the time, as, as they've said, they feel invisible. Yeah. No, one, no one knows their existence or denies their existence. So it's, it's a good thing for people to, to be able to be, be exposed in a positive way, you know. Yeah, and I think they just get the vibe, don't they, with all those yeah. things. I think if you yeah. create, like you said, like if, you, if, it, if there's any way a negative vibe in there, a slightly intense vibe because of what we were bringing, we'd have really failed you. Do you know what I mean? And, and actually, you know, yes, it's different. You can't lie. We, there are more people there and mm. there is equipment there and stuff. But everyone, it, the, I think if you do those things right, and I've definitely done it where I've not got it right. You know, it's not, you don't get it right sometimes. But mm. I think if you get it right, you sort of disappear. I think that's yeah. what a lot of, yeah. you know, certainly re- reality or documentary filmmakers will say is there's a certain character or, or type of person that can just disappear a bit in a room and just be there. Like Jonas, who films, is very good at that. He does a lot of that work. He's a really nice man. And he just sort of can just be calm and, and in the room. And he sort of can disappear a bit, which is what you need. You don't want to be like, like you know, you, you meet some camera folk who will walk in like they're holding a bazooka. <laughs> and uh, and like want you to know that they're like you know standing in like you know <laughs> super alpha posing, um, and it, you do see them, you know. Like, and, my I camera, think, my big balls. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just <laughs> standing in the left. I've got these huge balls and this big camera. It's, 
but like anything, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's, it's a fast car, a big camera, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. But, um, but yeah, um, that's the thing. You've got to have, you just got to have bits of sympathy and not, not look like you're going to shoot everyone. Yeah. Um, at the end of the, the, I remember at the end of the filming, uh, and around the time it was all getting sort of put together and edited and that, um, you had something, you, you know, you'd, you'd finished a long, a long, um, project and you kindly invited me to the premiere and I oh, thoroughly, yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. And that was Rude Boy. Yeah. Like, that must have took a couple of years of your life. It did, um, uh, yeah, just a bit over a year. It yeah. wasn't too bad, it, 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 as in, like, time-wise. Um, but we had to hit, a, it, it lasted longer, really, because it, it had a bit of a, a really good festival life. Like, it, um, it was about, um, you know, it's about Trojan Records, and um, but really it was, the aim was to make a film about a, a sort of slightly a positive story about immigration and, and cultural integration, I suppose, which, you know, that era of the sort of, not the wind rush itself, because I think the wind rush generation sometimes is a, is a term that brackets a couple of generations, from my understanding. Um, but the sort of thing, still, especially the second wave of um, West Indian immigration to London and Birmingham and, and those kind of, and Bristol, um, sort of had a massive effect on sort of the, the inner city areas they originally, you know, it first went to. And, and, and actually that felt like the modern way of framing the story rather than making it just about the records or how the records are made or whatever. The records just became the, the currency of that, that did that job. You know, they got people on the dance floor and they did, and, and in the face of a lot of racism and, and issues, which we're still seeing on the street today, um, there was a sort of positivity in, in, in that. And although I, you know, tried to make a story that was told the story of, the record company or the, you know, the those famous songs, um, it was trying to make it, give it context because it felt really relevant. And so that's what took the time was getting all the people to speak and setting it up. And, you know, it, it was, it we may end up being a sort of feature doc that, um, now lives in, in all sorts of places, but it took me to lots of, you know, cinema viewings and Q and A's of, of, there's lots of people there to watch them. Loved, you know, it's, it's really nice to be, to have an, to like have an audience, you know what I mean? Like, it's really like, that's why yeah. you do it. Like, it, you know, whether it's, a, it's, you know, you, you are, you're essentially, I think, you know, my job is to entertain, isn't it? Whether that's to make a, a, a some kind of emotion, a, you know, a sort of a sad emotion or, or, or a, a, an impactful emotion, whatever the emotion is or something, it's not always, you know, um, it can be a sort of, you know, a broad spectrum of things, but the, the job fundamentally is to create something that's watchable and entertaining. And I think to make a film like that, where people go and enjoy it or not enjoy it, like that's fine, like some people don't. Um, and you, it's interesting to talk to them because you, you know, you try and learn more from that than people telling you it's good, you know. Um, and, you know, it's a real pleasure. Like, I loved it. And, you know, I really want to make another film like that so you can go and sort of fill the audience and ask you questions and, and and that was I just a total privilege again like not my story do you know what I mean it was a really it, it was something I had to earn the respect of the people in it these famous Jamaicans essentially who maybe hadn't had their voice heard when they were younger or were taken point when they were younger in a certain way because the sort of record company so that did reward them for their their intellectual property you know look at that way um you know, you, you couldn't, the same sort of thing, like you couldn't, I always felt like when, because I'm obviously not of that background or that age, um, I always felt that, again, similarly to what I said about the Starbucks thing, it's about getting yourself out of the way, like, 
I didn't want it. To, I wanted it to, to much put it in their voices as possible. Like not, you know, not have a narrator telling you what to think or feel. Just let them speak. And 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 these kind of elderly West Indian Brits have a lot to say. And it was kind of interesting building it. You know, I loved it. And the music's great. I got to go to Jamaica. You know, people. You, once you've got the respect to tell the story, they open up even more. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to invite people, you know, I got to take you, you know, you get to yeah. take your people you, you like and they can show it and it makes you feel good, you know what I mean? That's the, you, that's the real privilege, you know, like yeah. sometimes you send, like I said, you send a film off and no one ever talks to you about it again. It just sort of goes into the, the ether or wherever it's meant to go. It, and it's yeah. a real brilliant thing to sit there and, and have people um, uh, ask you about what you do. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it, it's what makes my kids in a way understand what I do as a job. Whereas yeah. like if I, maybe if I did something in, in banking or something, not picking on bankers, but like something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. We all need bankers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, um, <laughs> Bankers' you know, lives matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I really love you bankers. No, but you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to understand. Um, it's hard to understand. That it's much more tangible, like, to go like, yeah, yeah. I, do, I do that as a job. And now it's those moments and you go, this is great. Yeah, it's great. Um, so yeah, now you know, you know all those actors in it. I love. I still speak to a lot of them. You know, I still have quite close, you know, not close relationships in terms of like, you know, you comment on the old thing or something, send you an email about something yeah. they're doing. So it's had a little life afterwards, you know. So it's, yeah. yeah, and it was a very positive film, wasn't it? As you say, it could have, it could have not been, and especially with, like, as you say, when you go into the the, the, the real um, injustices of the Windrush. Like yeah. situations and things, but it had a real positive. It had a real positive feel, which I think yeah. sometimes is, it gets a better message across, doesn't it? Because yeah, I think so. I mean, I went respond to, to it better. No, definitely. I, I, I went. Sorry, to talk over you. Um, That's all. I went to. Um, I went to a, a screening of it in Manchester, um, and you know, you, you yeah, people are really good about your film. It makes you feel great. Do you know I mean you're like, yeah, you're confident, your adrenaline's up, you feel good. Yeah. And this yeah. this young uh, lady asked me, just said, you know, but it's not positive, is it? Like this this stuff's still happening, and this that, and the other. And I was like, I remember being like, oh wow, yeah, it was not like a not like a bubble burst. But you know, when people are saying really nice things about it, and you're like, oh, yeah. thanks, you've seen that. And then I didn't see what she was saying as a negative thing, but it was a real reminder that just because those positive things happen, that they doesn't that you know. We're not post racism, or we're not post these things. No, it, it, it's no, still like not. work in progress. And I think, I think we just tried to make a film. Certainly, I tried to inspire everyone to make a film that just was a, a positive way of, of, you know, when we started making the film and when we sort of envisioned the film, all that the Windrush scandal, although it was happening, wasn't it wasn't in the news. It came after the film was finished, which in a way, it, like these things do, do, it sort of helps the film because it made people yeah. go, oh, you know, this is what people are like in, in the media. It's like, oh, Windrush is a big story. Oh, look, there's this thing here. And, you know, yeah. suddenly I'm on BBC News talking about it. That I remember seeing that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's on the telly again. Yeah, <laughs> in front of the camera. He's going to hate know. that. I oh, know exactly. Yeah. Also, <laughs> terrible side profile. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, there's a reason. There's a reason they keep me off the uh, of the camera. No, but the um, you know, all of a sudden you're like, but you're not there. Is this, you know, fucking long running tragedy of you know the disrespect of that generation is yeah. isn't in the news? Like, so it inadvertently helps your film. Yeah. Um, and you know, L- Lloyd Thompson was on that thing, and he's done a lot of stuff around it. Like, he wouldn't have been 
had he not done the film with me, his part in it, he wouldn't have been on, the, you know, he's getting exposure and representing his community in that way. Like, lots of people, you know, Don Letts, you can, you know, they always go to Don Letts, that stuff, he keeps it going. And it does a job that's positive because of a negative thing, you know. Um, but, you know, it was, it really got there because of that. But when we were making it, it was around the time of, of like Brexit and, you know, more of the UKIP story, which is, you know, you know, it's changed and morphed again now. But and, and the big thing was like, look, you know, there are positive effects of immigration. Like there's a reason immigration is positive and progressive and not this terrifying issue that so many people see it as. And, and that was going on a lot of the time, you know, of how, and, and in a way we were like, what well, I remember being like that. This is like I said, what makes it current and interesting is actually this has happened in a big way in the late 50s, early 60s, where lots of people post-Commonwealth and you know, independence of those countries came here and had a massive effect on the country to the point where it's, it's obviously their country. They are, they are us. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's not seen enough. And so that was the inspiration. But the Windrush stuff came in the news after, which helps the film and helps spread the story. So, you know, it, it, it's interesting how those things work. Sometimes when you do these things, you feel like you're on the, you, you can be on the pulse of, what's going on in the world because you're obviously affected by it and that makes makes them relevant you know it was it was so it was a good it was a good film to come out in a positive way at that time because a lot of the young you know the kids that acted in it they came they must be you know most of them were i guess third fourth generation west indian mainly yeah, yeah. and they were all like oh we didn't know about this do you know what i mean and like and i'd be like all oh, right and then they'd come in like the next week i'd see them and they'd be like Oh, my mum says, or my nan says this, or like have these things that they've spoken to their families about. And you'd be like, that's amazing, isn't it? It's just like maybe that history just needed a positive, it needed some people, like me, obviously, it's a lot to do with a lot of people making the film, to get it out to then make people feel good about that part of their history. Although, without forgetting that there is some really bad things about it and some bits that haven't changed yet still. Um, and that's what we're seeing now in, in a big way. But I think it's good to, like you said, it's good to, it's good to, to show the positive because that can inspire people to change whatever the negative is at the moment, maybe. Um, but it's just about being realistic too, isn't it? You're not trying to make it all kind and nice and, and what, and, and sort of whitewash it in a way. Um, and acceptable. It's just, it's just, there are, you know, it, like you said, you want positive stuff is good. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's needed as well, you know, and, and the thing is, it's, it's absorbed more because uh, a human will naturally veer away from the negative um, and, and sort of go towards the positive um, because, and then so if you can put your message in the positive, you've got more chance of it of being absorbed. It's about education. I mean, yeah. your filmmaking is education. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about documentary. Is, yeah. it's, it's educating and as I said earlier about it's all you know the, one of the most fundamental things in, in society is education because even to the point of my children me educating them and then then becoming to the point where they start to educate me um, it, it it's crucial I'd um, and it's been willing to it's been willing open and honest enough to say that you don't know about something because yeah. that's the fear um, of and, and and being but being free enough to make a mistake because if we get to the point where we can't make a mistake because no one's going to no one's going to learn anything uh, and this is the thing about real strong strong opinions and strong arguments is that the fact that 
the you sometimes like are frightened to express. And I think that's a dangerous point to get to. I had a wonderful day. Like we'd done something for Lad Bible, and we'd done it yeah. with um, a Carla, who's a, oh, yeah. a genius yeah, guy. Brilliant, you know. Yeah. And I spent the day with him, and I I I, I soaked it up like a sponge. Yeah, because, he's a really inspiring young man. Or he's not, oh, not that young, but like he's like young man. But he's yeah, like, yeah. Him. he's wicked. Yeah, he's got he really was. But I learned a lot because I, I was willing to to realise that I didn't know enough. And the minute you realise that, or and I, I realised I had like, preconceived ideas, and, you know, he was, he was really educating me that day about, because we went from Whitechapel to Bromford, and we'd yeah. done a lot of walking around and chatting, and we had a sort of a shared a love for martial arts and things. So you get you, that thing, if you get to, to sort of know and like someone, and um, and then he did, you know, like, he, he taught me a lot about black-on-black crime, and, a lot of this, and I did realise I had a lot of preconceived ideas, but sometimes that's not your fault. It's 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 your fault if you don't learn. Yeah. But it's not your fault if you've got some of these because it's it's just about upbringing and and environment and and stuff. But their responsibility yeah. is to learn. But it's not your fault to not have the knowledge in the first place. You know yeah, what I, I mean? think that's the thing. It's it's that fear of asking. Or something yeah. that you don't know, isn't it? I mean, I guess that's we all. Could, um, I definitely could be better at that, and I think, you know, I think that particularly like he, uh, he's made the, I, he's made some really good things. I think with the BBC, I've seen them where he's gone, you know, done a lot about the, you know, I think he did he did one in, uh, he, uh, he went down to Kingston in Jamaica and did a film about, you know, similar sort of territory as what we're talking about, you know, sort of music based or cultural based, but you know, with a lot of the history of you know, the, the sort of long slave history through that island. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, it, it, it's just hearing it from someone who's, in, who's passionate about representing his, you know, his, you know, like he says the thing, that's what he said. He, he basically says, that, you know, the, the Rastafarian music or the, the Jamaican music of, the, of his culture, his youth was their information or felt like their connection home or their cultural points or their religious points were coming yeah. through that kind of stuff. And, and actually, he starts to expand from there. And it's not like it's a different experience, but you have to hear that experience. And he's, I always think he talks very eloquently about I did, it. Yeah. His, and, and he's the perfect person to be used more in society, that kind of guy, I think. He's, you know, he's got, you know, he's super smart. And, you know, I think he has the respect, doesn't he? He has a really good um, feel about him whenever I see him anything. You know, you need yeah. more people like that, you know, from a... I guess to the minority background, uh, yeah, to the forefront. You know, he would be a really good one to be more more seen and heard. You know, I, I believe so. I think he's, a, you know, because as well, it 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 doesn't come across as as um, as, as an angry. You know, even if he is angry, he doesn't come across as as that 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 angry opinion. You know, which um, is entitled to be angry, and, and everyone is. Um, but it, it it just it makes it more. More, more approachable, yeah, uh, and easier to listen to, uh, and you know, and he, you know, like I must admit, when it all sort of kicked off recently, and and my first thought, and I thought, you know, I'll ask the caller, I'll ask, the, I've met him, and I sort of, I, I, you know, I'll see if he'll come on, the, and then I thought, no, you, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, because if you, what you should have done is you should have done that before now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, then, yeah. And then, and then, and then, I, and then you get worried because you think, well, who am I to talk about? Um, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter and stuff. I'm just yeah. a fat middle-aged 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? White man. Like, but then I think you shouldn't be scared to, because you have got an opinion, you know? It's, it's a very difficult time, I think, at the moment. Well, that's the... I've just been purely honest about it, you know, it's... I think that's the thing a lot of people face in, but, it's, but it seems to be like, certainly through this first thing, this project I've been doing, with this orchestra, it's just about asking, isn't it? Like, and having, yeah. like you know, like, it's, like not, just, not just asking, you know, silly questions, but asking what your role in it is. It's not to own it at this yeah. stage. That seems to come, certainly through the sort of social media I see, it, it, it's like, it, uh, I can't remember what the phrase is. It, it, it sound like, this sounds really stupid, I should know. But it's, it's like being an ally, being a good ally, isn't it? And actually, yeah, a lot yeah. of the stuff is like, you know, not having, uh, you know, seeing like, a, lot, a lot of the people, sort of black voices I've heard is that seeing white people out protesting this stuff is major because it's not just a, um, uh, it's not just a, a, a black issue or, a, you know, I mean, it's like, and, and I get that. And I still, I'm still trying to work out a little bit about how, you know, how I, you know, I fit into that. How can I, you know, in my job, yeah. like, you know, like for instance, you know, when I look around at my job in my place to work, like, and I'm a, a sort of head of department, as it were, you know, you're at the top and you're like, could I have been, you know, I've, I, it's quite clear that it's not, a brilliant diversity as there should be in in, um, in the crews that we work with, uh, and that, and I mean that in, in all in all all elements of, of 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 that, you know, you know, men and women, people of colour, like everything, you know. And, and have I done enough? No, but should I do more now? Yeah, I should. I think I yeah. definitely do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, I need to yeah. try and, but without making it make, it, but to try and make it lasting. Uh, that's the thing I keep saying is how do we make this lasting and not tokenistic or like yeah. you know and that's the bit I've, I've, I've tried to take trying to take advice on really and just go yeah. like you know what can I do you know like I think a lot of the things in, in our, our world is, is entry level you know like I think a lot of the media can be you know maybe I'm going on not necessarily going to limb stage but it's obviously quite nepotistic it's a bit who you know and the problem is yeah. if you've got these structures in place I guess that you keep that who you know it keeps it a certain protected you know little of itself and actually that needs to go <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, of course, a little bit, yeah. more, bit more merit in it I think and, and again you know I'm not in a I'm not yeah I, I don't know quite how to make that so but I'll just do whatever I can I, in my world and sphere to, to do that and I, that's all I keep thinking and, and, and like you said like ask and, and, and you know and see like you say you don't want to just do it because it's the time you want to do it and make it lasting all this stuff you know I think some of the think, people I've Oh, go on, mate. Sorry. No, you, no, you first, please. Oh, I was literally just going to say, I think I've spoken to quite a lot of, um, you know, I work with, you know, a lot of women in my job and, and a lot of them, you know, go, seeing everyone going through that, the times up, um, sort of period that, that, you know, that's still going on, you know, that they, they, the whole, the, the, the more sort of impressive thoughts that you kept seeing were just about making it last and not just like, it's not just like a thing for six months, everyone to be, like oh equality and 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 and, uh, and harassment in the workplace and the other it's about making it last and I hope I don't, I don't you know I hope that the, the that 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 is, that is so and then this is like just the same now isn't it you just didn't want it to yeah. be a bit more permanent and not just like a you know it's not going these issues won't go away a bit like the racism stuff it's like you know it's not just going to go away once when, when you know when people stop protesting because the, the sort of moment changes or it calms down. Like it has to still keep changing. Do you know what I mean? It's not just going to be done by those protests. I think everyone who's in those positions of organising knows that. Um, and you know, that's 
say it'd be better for everyone, I think, if, it, if, it, if it's lasting. Yeah. I think um, the biggest, the, the, the most important thing is it is making people question, you know, themselves. So that's the biggest fundamental difference is that people are at least beginning, and that's where it starts. And if you start to question yourself, and like you've just said, um, it's the beginning of change, isn't it? So that's the, you know, it's the big, but as you said, then it does need the momentum to carry on after the, the, the bubble burst, because it, it, everything sort of goes back to normal too quickly, doesn't it? That's the thing. No, totally. I think, I remember when, um, uh, reading something, it's an American journalist talking about the women's marches, which must be a couple of years ago now. It was a winter, mm. wasn't it? They were like January and they were all over, it was a massive march in Washington, LA, here. Like we had those big marches and, and I think they went on for a few weekends. I, I can't remember exactly, but I remember them being like really, really pronounced. And, and, and obviously there's still, you know, big movements going on. But I remember being this thing that said, at the end of the day, if you tested every weekend, if a million people went out every weekend and just kept going, kept going, it, it would, it would change. It's just that, or the hope that the, the principle they were saying was it would change because you just couldn't withstand it. But the problem is it's so hard for people to do that amongst their normal lives which just carry on whether yeah. that's their work or whatever and that's where you need just you need you know guidance structures or whatever it is to, to be able to keep going on in, in daily life isn't it because the protest is the extreme thing to get out there you don't want people to be protesting all the time you just want it to change or be right yeah <laughs> I guess yeah. Um, uh, and, and I think yeah, you want the, there to be no um, need to the protest that's yeah, the end exactly. Of, you that, know. Ideally, they, you yeah. don't have to, but like, you know, yeah. they're, so they're, they're markers in the stand, aren't they? And I think that's what the feeling certainly I got from the questions I was asking around this project I was doing in the last couple of weeks is it feels like there's a bit of a few, you know, particularly that, those, here, those scenes in Bristol, um, and that really stand out in, in my, in my mind that feel like, well, that is a real line, you know, real, like, you know, you can't go back from here. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, that, that's yeah. what I remember thinking watching it and, 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 and I think that, that hopefully, that, but then the, the, you need the structure in place because the real world it needs those things, don't they? They're, they are machinations of how things get done and you need those yeah. things to change rather yeah. than just, you know, the, the, the passion, which is clearly there now. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, it, I guess it's an exciting time looking forward, isn't it? I guess we cool. have to hope that these things, things will be different for the kids. You know, like my, I, my oldest is 13 and, and mm. he's going to, when he's my age, it's going to be, you know, like, like I'm sure our parents said, it's going to be very different. And I just hope we're making some good changes and decisions for them. Yeah, definitely. And this is when we need people like you, my friends. Because <laughs> oh, we need it all documented, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, <laughs> we true. Need, we well, need I think the story told. <laughs> the big, the big not problem, but the big thing as well is that obviously, you know, I talked to you about doing three stories there uh, when your thing with Starbucks or Rude Boy, or to a certain extent, this BBC thing I've done, where, you're, it's not my story. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm very conscious that they're not my sto- stories. And actually, sometimes, you know, I will sit in things and they'll be like, but you're not, you know, what gives you the right to tell this story? And, and they're sort of right. But then at the same time, I, I feel like that's my job. And that's so, you know, a bit like a journalist writes about things that are happening. They don't just write about their, yeah, um, it's maybe a bit crude though. A journalist doesn't just write about their family or their street, do they? They report no. or they go and they, they look into things. And I, so I see it more like that's my role, but I'm very conscious that like, you know, it would be, a, you know, Real Boy would be a different film if a, if a young 
I think the young Nile girl of West Indian heritage, Brit, had made that film. Yes. I, it would have been. I, I you can't get away from that, but I guess I hope that that gave, I didn't, you know, I didn't manipulate it to my ends in a way that was distracting from the representation, which is, you know, what seems to have been right. I don't know. I hope that's the case. And, and certainly that people say that it's not been a problem. So that's great. So I'm very conscious that like my, you're telling these stories that aren't necessarily your own. Sometimes you get to tell something that's like your own. Um, but that you do feel responsible. And, and, and sometimes it's not my time to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, there's some things I get involved in. I'm like, am I, you know, you do start to question yourself and go, you're the right person to tell this story. It's not just an, a job. Um, and I think that will probably become more pronounced in filmmaking. It, 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 a bit more. It's who's, you know, what's the voice behind it. Yeah. I think, um, I've, like, out of every conversation I have, I always come away with something. Um, and, and, and today's what, you know, uh, because believe it or not, we're nearly at the hour already. <laughs> <laughs> Just me rabbiting. Yeah. <laughs> no, but to, to be honest, that, that, you, you know, because at some point there are questions. Because I'm really new to podcasting. I'm not. I'm not a journalist. I'm just a fellow who's met a lot of interesting people and just wanted to tell people about um, some of the less known people. Some are more are more known, but some of the less known people are just incredible. And to get the stories out, and you've you've taught me again there again, like because I started a question when I said about Carla and the subject matter of, of recent times is that, but it's sort of if you're going to be a if you're going to get in the podcast, it's your job. So I've got to yeah. stop questioning that sort of thing, and you you know, so you've you've taught me that today. Oh, so, good. No, well, you, you can always, yeah, I you, think you can always ask, can you? You can yeah. always just ask, what do you think? Like you know, and be open. Yeah. You know, I think they. I imagine there'd be some respect for your honesty, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and at the yeah. end of the day, your motives aren't, aren't, from what I understand, are not are not manipulative or negative. It's just oh, like, you know, oh, you, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, and, and yeah. so you, what you can do is say no. No. See what they say no, I, I think, you know. But um, It's a great thing of having a podcast you don't get paid for. Because it's really great, because uh, like, I don't, uh, you know, like we, and we have got, we're lucky enough to have a sponsor now, but it all goes into haircuts from us. So, yeah, it's a great thing of doing something like this because you, you've got no agenda. You know, after ratings of it, it's just like you just, it's just purely story. It's just pure storytelling. So, I, I've really, it's helped me through this last three months, to be honest. Um, oh, it's given me something to focus on, and uh, and I've got to get. And there again, people come in your life, and look, we've had a proper catch up now. We kept threatening yeah. it, haven't we? We've threatened yeah, yeah. coffee, we've threatened these things. We've had a oh, proper well, full on stuff. hours chat today. And uh, Jack, I've really, really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, thanks for giving me the time. I really appreciate it. That's all right, mate. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we'll stay in touch. We will. <laughs> Undoubtedly. And we will get that coffee. <laughs> all right, thank mate. you very much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Bye. It's just over five years ago. I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realized, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.